Welcome Hi, to old. Hey, Dave. <laughs> And all two of our listeners, uh, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. This is our second review in the month of November, or is it the third? It is the third review for the month of is November. It, is it the third? The third. Yes, we are continuing wow. Hot Guy Month with Kurt Russell this time. <laughs> Hot uh, Guy Month. Yeah. Today's episode is actually a double feature of Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Very entertaining movies. Uh, I love both of them. I can't help it. Yeah, you know, uh, before I had watched, I've seen them both multiple times, and uh -huh. I always had such a fondness for Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah. Something happened this time that I really loved L.A. Yeah, it's got I, some good stuff in it. I really liked Escape from L.A. I think I like it better than Escape from New York. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm, I, I don't know if I'll go that far. <laughs> But I do it's, think Kurt Russell needs to make a, a third escape movie. It's going to be interesting to see how they would do that, considering the world has been plunged into darkness. <laughs> Easily. You just make it a Western. Make him a, or a samurai ronin type guy. Didn't we just watch that in... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Still done. <laughs> Review coming up with Patrick Swayze in the apocalypse as a samurai. <laughs> Patrick Swayze is a samurai. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, there's a lot wrong with that. And we'll get to it when we uh, <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> but back to Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. Let's oh. do Kurt Russell first. Oh. What was the year of this movie? Which one? Escape from New York. Is it 83? I think so. But when, when did it actually take place? It was like supposed to be 90 something? 19... 1999 yeah something like that i find it interesting that they just assume cassette tapes would have lived that long hey i still have some someplace <laughs> somewhere i don't know why you wouldn't assume that they oh, i don't exist. know i don't know we didn't think anything of it um i saw this no, movie no. in the in the 80s when it came out um well, it look was where really he lands cool. what's that look where he lands in Escape from New York. Yeah, on top of the World Trade Center. Yeah. That's quite... Have thought that. Nobody would have ever thought that. No. Interesting. <laughs> this Very movie. sad to think about that. <laughs> There's a lot of things. You can take a look at both of these movies and draw parallels politically or ideologically to mm -hmm. things that are going on. But in the end, it's just science fiction. Uh, so it's, mm -hmm. it's it was, uh, it was it's pretty It's a cool. bit of fun. You can't get bogged down in whatever politic bullshit whoever the producer and directors were making this. Mm -hmm. It's just a bit of fun because I don't think a guy like the character Snake Fliskin is falling on either side of that. Well, he don't give a shit. He's an outlaw. He, he, he hasn't got an R behind his name. He's not got a D behind his name. He's Snake Fliskin. He's Snake Fliskin. Fuck who, you if you don't like it. <laughs> Snake needs better friends. Um, throughout yes. Both Throughout both movies, Snake has always run across somebody who did him wrong. <laughs> Must be a small world in the future. Yeah, everybody knows him, and, and the people he knows screwed him over. <laughs> Every one of them. Oh, and my God. God forbid you be the first girl Snake Plissken meets in a movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it happens in both of them. They, uh, they meet yeah. an untimely demise. Yeah, the, the poor girl in the in the chock full of nuts and, and oh yeah, in the diner. Oh, 
Yeah, I think I wrote her name down. Hold on. Um, I think I actually wrote the actress's she, name. Yeah, she was pulled through the floor by cannibals. I was just looking for I thought I wrote her name down. Season Hoobly? I think the actress's name was Season Hoobly. Okay. I think so. <laughs> and it's just very strange that the first, in both movies, the first pe people he meets girl-wise dies um yes yeah it's yeah and they both seven, they both try to hook up with him yeah. uh <laughs> you feel really bad for the girl in 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 uh la, LA. oh yeah you yeah. know um, she's sitting there talking about oh, it's not the worst place she could be and then boom whoa yeah she talked oh, go ahead no, and that, that's 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 what's interesting. We'll get to it when we get to LA. But yeah, she's talking about the freedoms. She's actually more yeah. free and then pop. So there's when we get to the uh, LA part of this, it's um, it is heavier on the politics, but it mm -hmm. does show something that I found very interesting and wasn't expecting. Um, it okay, was. Let's let's start with New York first. Yes. Um, you're, you're right. Let's do these in order. And anybody who's listening. Um, know this, me, if you haven't seen these movies yet, Scott and I are going to destroy these movies for you. Not yeah. necessarily in a bad way, but we're Spoilers. going to talk about every single aspect of this movie that we can think of. We're going to ruin any, I mean, yeah, spoilers all the way. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movies, you can watch the movies and then come back and go, well, these guys are wrong or right. But I, I noticed that rewatching our our episodes here and listening to them. We we give away everything in every movie. Yeah. There was one movie, I think it was uh Captain Kronos, where you you're like, Well, let's let's pause this and we'll talk and then you went ahead and <laughs> I gave a spoiler warning. You did give a spoiler warning, but you know, you couldn't really give the spoiler warnings and all the rest of them because the whole thing is a spoiler well, and, warning. You and, should just put that in the front of the every episode from this point on. Spoilers, we're gonna talk about everything. I'm gonna update our description. We are we do review the movies, we do give um our thoughts on whether or not we recommend watching it, but I am going to tell you every damn thing about the movie. These are old movies. Uh, we're sticking to the mm -hmm. 80s and beyond. If you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, turn off, come back. Uh, right, right. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm looking for my volume, but I don't see it on It's here. more fun to just talk about um, all the shit because we can really yeah. tear these movies apart if we spoil them. Well, we talk about the movies like we talk about the movies when we work together exactly you know just like <laughs> we just tear them apart and have a good time so I, I want everybody who's who anybody who's going to listen to this know we are going to talk about these movies like you've already seen them yeah and if you haven't what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> yeah these are good movies good some of them are good bad movies bad yeah. good movies yeah and the movies are... that are really bad we've already told you not to go watch <laughs> So. <laughs> surprisingly there hasn't been that many i was looking Wish back through it it's like you watch them <laughs> we haven't we haven't uh we haven't told people not to watch many but devil's express yo fuck. eat my dust <laughs> gone in and 60 even seconds then we said watch it if you want to know what not to do in a movie <laughs> yeah here um for both of these movies these are must watches i want oh, yeah. to get that yeah. out of the way uh you can't Kurt go Russell wrong with... period is a is a must watch for me i mean yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Kurt Russell. Um, no, no, you can't. Um, well done. Well done, Kurt. Good job. Absolutely. And he plays you know, a great Santa Claus. <laughs> if you haven't seen the Santa Claus movie that's on I Netflix haven't. yet, 
I've heard it's really good. He plays a good Santa Claus. I'm waiting for the sequel. Cool. Yeah. I may have to watch that. Christmas is coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the beginning of Escape from New York, New York's essentially a prison. Mm-hmm. And I just love how they're shepherding all the prisoners through or whatever. And they're giving them the option to be uh, terminated <laughs> and cremated right there. <laughs> I don't nice know. Of, I chuckled. Well, that's nice of whoever's yeah. offering this. Yeah. It, it's going to be shit. Do you want to die? We'll take care of you right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and some people are taking them up on their offer. Um, 17 minutes plus into the movie before you see Snake Plissken for the for the first time. Is it really? Yep. Wow. Because I, I was realized that much to show up. There was so much that was going on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They they set it up a good solid setup for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's um one of my favorite parts of this movie is it is a John Carpenter flick. So therefore we're gonna get the John Carpenter synth his score. Um, and there is something about, for me, John Carpenter has a signature on his movies. You right. watch them, you can tell you're watching a Carpenter flick. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it's there. It's there. It's a, it's a cool, a cool movie. Um, you see a lot of the actors that uh, reprise their roles here are star in this, that they have starred in other John Carpenter movies. And he tends to, tends to do that with, with uh, Donald Pleasance. Um, yeah, yeah. As, as the president. Man, what an asshole. What a Weasley little oh, shit. Oh, my God. Well, aren't they all? I mean, seriously. For, since There you go. <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably a handful of presidents in our history. And, and you know what? Not just this country's history, but any country's history that weren't yeah. Weasley little bastards. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, He's not as bad as the president in Escape from L.A. No, no, Ooh. no. I don't think anybody would be as bad as that guy. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about we'll get that. To that. I just thought it was funny that they had another president in there. It's like they couldn't think of anything new to do. Yeah. You know, they could have just arrested him and said, you know, you're in here and he's just escaping. Which yeah. is what I would do for the next movie. I'd have him like fall in fall basically fall into a prison and not realize he's even walked into a prison. Yep. <laughs> just, just be like, ah. But it turns out. And it's hard for me not to bounce back and forth between these two movies, but it turns right. out L.A. is the same exact fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, for the most part, it is the same movie um, um, with a bigger budget. Probably, and you know what? I I wonder if that's. We'll get to that in a yeah. minute. Um, <laughs> it's, like I said, it's hard not to talk about it. Lee Van Cleef played a great character. In oh yes. Escape from New York. Yes. Um, and I think he just. For me, he was always one of those natural tough guys. Growing up, I watched him mm-hmm. as a kid. He's in a couple of Clint Eastwood movies. He did some spaghetti westerns on his own. Uh, he was actually in a series about a samurai. Really? Or a, or a ninja. He was like an American ninja kind of guy, and he was training someone else to be a ninja. It was an old television series back, back in the 80s when all this stuff was you know, really happening. And uh, I just always liked Lee Van Cleef. I mean, you could right. put him in. He's just got that craggy look and the. He's got I'll a great shoot, presence. Yeah, I'll just shoot you in the face as soon as look at you kind of guy. And I, I always like that that tough guy image that could also go out and pick flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you never see him picking flowers because he'd shoot them. Because that's Lee Van Cleef. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, he he played a pretty good character and and. 
I was actually kind of ticked off when Kurt Russell at the end, because in the movie he says, when I get out, you better hope I don't get out because I'm going to kill you. I was hoping he did. I was kind of like depressed that he didn't kill him. I was like, really? You didn't? I was, I was waiting he for that. He ruined the movie already for you, but that's beside the point. <laughs> it was coming. It was coming anyway. Guess what? He does escape. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? That's why they call it Escape from New York. Um, who else was in this? Uh, Season Hoobly was the girl in the diner. Ernest Borgnine. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. And Isaac Hayes was the main. Yes. Villain. Yes. Um, but the Duke Adrian of New Barbeau, York. It was interesting for me. Uh, the first time I remember seeing this movie, I kept expecting Adrian Barbeau to hook up with Snake. Right. And it never happened. She stayed with Harry Dean Stanton's character. With Brains. the brain. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's kind of, and now I really look at it even more, the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I kind of think it's cool. Cause that just goes to show you that girls really like brains. You know, just really like the guys with the brains. I don't know what it is. They all love Spock. Captain Kirk's okay, but Spock's the guy you go home with. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, Ernest Borgnine as the cab driver. Um, oh, yeah, he was a good character. Cabby. Yeah. Um, Snake first meets Cabby in um, in a drag show. Yeah, that's right. It was, it was a drag show. That's funny. What the hell was going on in that basement? I don't even want to know. Um, there was some homoerotic shit going down in that some, basement. Some weird, yeah. There, oh even beyond my that, God. like, I had never caught that before. I've seen this movie so many times, and I'm watching. It's like that's a damn drag show. Yeah. And there's some weird shit going down in that basement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that <laughs> yeah. was a little weird for me. No wonder um, Cabby said, "You don't want to go down there, Snake." <laughs> you don't want to go down there, Snake. Uh, I think Snake can handle himself, though, which was pretty good. Oh yeah, always. Um, I I liked one of my favorite characters that had barely any lines in this movie was the doctor who who gives him the little explosives in his neck. Yes, because. You can tell he doesn't want to do this, but he's basically got no choice. They're, they'll kill him if he doesn't, or they'll get somebody else to do it and kill him. Yeah. So I like when he turns it to, to the general and says, now tell him. Tell him. Yeah. And he's like, tell me what? He's like, oh, I put some explosives in your head. You know, the doctor actually had an ethic. The doctor yeah. wanted, the doctor was basically rooting for Snake Plissken to win. <laughs> yeah. And for a completely different reason. And so he could save the guy, you know? Yeah, they uh, they really didn't give two shits about him. Um, no, and Snake—I mean, Snake knew that. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's why uh, <laughs> the damn president. Um, <laughs> that that brings me to one of my favorite lines when um, I think it's Lee Van Cleef has him in there and he's telling him what's going down, mm -hmm. and he says the president's you know um, lost in New York or whatever his plane right. went down, and Snake's like president of what right <laughs> we'll get a new president yeah go get a new president right i love it because he yeah, don't that give was, a shit. uh that's pretty good he snake didn't give a shit he, no. you know there's there's a backstory with snake plissken that is so deep and so oh yeah and i, and I don't even want carpenter to try to ever tell me that story because he i think he would just screw it up as he screwed up a lot of things that he's tried to go revisit right so I like to have it in my own head that Snake Plissken knows a lot more about the world governments going down than anybody wants him to know. And that's why everybody keeps trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and through some dumb luck or training 
whatever you want to call it, he keeps surviving and they don't know how to kill the guy, which yeah. I think is great. Yeah, he's one of those characters. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just right. he's just uh, somebody's fed up with the system. And I always take it for as bad as he may be. He knows all the guys that are in control are a lot worse than him. Exactly. And he did just as soon kill them and walk away and let people live however the hell they want to live, which is how it should be. You should just let people do, you know, as long as they're not hurting anybody, let right. them do whatever the hell they want. But uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty much a badass. And I like whenever somebody starts calling him Pliskin, he's like, call me Snake. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he changes it on him because then yeah, no yeah yeah that's always a good, good thing Plisk. for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love uh cabbie back to ernest borgnine how he yeah. had this uncanny ability to show up when they needed a ride mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a good cab driver he was want to be in this neighborhood he was night. snake <laughs> and what i didn't catch and i should have seen it because they telegraphed it was that cassette switch. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Cabby had that, that stash of cassettes and everything, uh -huh. and I just did not catch that till the end. And as I'd seen right. the movie, but forgot about it. So well done to just make the president look like a total ass. Um, <laughs> well, he gives the president a, a, a chance, too. He does. Like, before he makes that switch, he gives the president a chance to... Yep to make good and actually be a decent human being. Oh, and like that was gonna and he happen. he fails miserably. He just fails miserably. And that's why Snake does it, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that those... was Snake giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe he's not as bad as I think he is. Those those people never will do the right thing. No. So no, given never. the opportunity, they don't. And Snake just solidified what he already knew was gonna go down. Right, right, uh, definitely. You know, I think everybody needs a control panel with a ton of random lights for no reason with no labels yeah yeah i think when i build a big control room to monitor security i just need i will need one of those panels with about a thousand lights that just mm -hmm. they just blink on and off yeah because like in the second airplane movie where uh where the guy's looking we found one of these it just has random lights blinking on and off and kirk or shatner's character looks like goes well it can't just be a random thing there's got to be a reason for it tear it apart put it back together see why it does it what about this control panel it's just got lights and they're blinking in and out of sequence we'll make them blink in sequence i've got to watch it again it's been so long since it's, it's exactly what you just said i know it's what's your random lights blinking what's the point what is the point um just like some of the uh swayze movies we watch everybody knows snake oh yeah yeah everybody, everybody you're knows snake pliskin you're snake pliskin i thought you were dead yeah everybody thinks he's dead or should have been taller yeah yeah in la um, it's i thought you'd be bigger <laughs> yeah i thought you'd be bigger everybody in in new york i like um cabby recognizes him first right yes yeah. No, the girl, well, the girl who gets killed in the chock full of nuts place gets notices him first. Right. She gets killed. Cabby, as soon as Cabby recognizes him, you know, that's just, you're dead. You know, you've recognized Snake Pliskin. Yep. You're, you're going to die. <laughs> you, you don't want to, you don't want to be anywhere near Snake. Uh, <laughs> uh, body count is high. Yeah, really high. For one guy, yes. Yeah. His body count is almost as high as the 10th doctor. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you had your choice between being saved by the tenth doctor or Snake Plissken, <sighs> run. Try and save yourself. <laughs> exactly. 
it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well for you. Yeah. Take the big blue box and go. <laughs> How um, about the Duke's car with the chandeliers? Oh, on the, the big top. chandeliers and the music. And a board. big mirror ball hanging from the, the mirror. How is that not blinding the driver is all I want to know. Hey, How is that it. safe for the driver? <laughs> That's hard out there as a pimp. <laughs> oh, the Duke. Yeah. A number yeah, one. Yeah. A number one. And he was just, I don't think he had done any acting until that point. Really? Yeah. Not that I'm aware. Of. I mean, he may have, but not, nothing that I'm aware of. And for being a tough guy, playing a bad, tough guy, he, he did an he okay had a look. job, I thought. Yeah. He had a good look. It was... Yeah. It was good. Yeah, Isaac Isaac Hayes did a, did a pretty good job on that. I have to admit. Yeah the uh, the editing was great. The score was great. Um, this was an entertaining movie, and I had told you uh, what I had caught was yeah at the crash site there was a damn kitchen sink. It's like yep, they just threw everything and the kitchen sink at this. <laughs> I, and see, I was looking for the kitchen sink. I didn't see it, but I think I saw a refrigerator. You probably did, like a regular refrigerator in the crash site. And initially, I'm like, well, that just has got to be rubble from the city. Yeah. But then you're looking around, and the rest of it is all plane crash stuff. And you're like, did they just put a regular refrigerator? Probably. They did a good job of making that set look like a destroyed city. I don't know yeah. where they filmed it, if it was on a stage or a couple blocks of New York or something. I think something. it was a sound stage, and I, and I think some of it may have been outside, but I, I want to say most of it was like a back lot, Okay, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, but I want to say I read that many moons ago. Right. Um, they did a good job. And uh, what was I going to say? When Adrian Barbeau shows up, like I said, you initially think she's going to go with Snake. I'm really glad that she she stuck she stuck with brains through the whole right. thing. Um, the, there was one piece of of day night switch that got me, and I never noticed it until because of the last few movies we've watched. I've been looking for this kind of thing, right? <laughs> When they're getting when they're getting ready to to drive and get away and they get on the bridge, it's suddenly nighttime. Yes. Whereas before it's daytime and it looks like you probably got a good 25, 30 minutes of light left at least. They hit that bridge and it's dark. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that was definitely done on a sound stage. And for reasons yeah. it's dark and everything, but it's just kind of strange that they that they chose yeah i didn't even catch cut. it i did i didn't even catch that yeah. so it um it got by me <laughs> but again that was one of those things that i was looking for because of the way it was set up right uh, it doesn't ever look like it's daytime in in new york no he's got 24 hours and we never see daylight you never saw the daylight maybe he was underground at that time yeah he might have been <laughs> what about the president's escape pod um why why was he in mork's egg you know, I was wondering, I was, you know, the first thing I thought of was a Pokemon ball, but yeah, uh, egg. <laughs> you just wait for Robin Williams to come out and go, no, no, no. I was like, that's Mork's egg. It's <laughs> funny. Mork's egg. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was my first thought. It's like, oh look, That's I need to go watch brilliant. Mork and Mindy. That's freaking brilliant. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Now, now I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, why wasn't it? 
could could they have made it look any more? There was nothing there to stop it. I mean, there was no parachute. There was nothing. It. it was just this this ball it that was just a ball with a chair in it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Would they figure he's just going to bounce? I guess. <laughs> just roll. <laughs> hit a couple of pins. Could it hit a couple other buildings? And right. Just right. Fall down. Um, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. <sighs> when he glides over, when he air glides and lands on top of the uh, the World Trade Center, and he's got to go down the stairs. Yeah. But it only takes him to the fifteenth floor. The rest he's got to walk. You're like, really? <laughs> you poor bastard. I know, right? I don't know if you've ever walked any any stairwells in the city. They are not easy to walk up right. or down if you got a couple of flights to go. <laughs> and later in the movie, he does it after being shot with an arrow in the leg. Yeah, right. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. So it's. And how did those guys get up on the roof? I mean, why were they even there? They called them the Indians. Were they the Indians? Is that what they were called? I don't know. Were they, were I, they I red, didn't catch what they called them. Skins? I thought they were. I thought they were the Duke's people, but no, I see that he was calling them the cabbie. I think was calling them something else. Oh, okay. For me, this movie is great. I mean, uh, it's got action in it. It's got Kurt Russell. Uh, oh, this is what I wanted to say earlier. This, I believe, is Kurt Russell's first foray out of the Disney franchise. Ah. I think this is his first movie not not affiliated with Disney. Which is awesome. That's quite a and, change. And you can see why, if you've ever watched any of the other movies he did, like uh, the Computer War Tennis Shoes or The World's Strongest Man or any of right. those other Disney stuff, you can definitely see why he chose this movie to do what he did. Yeah. To just become Snake Plissken. Because that just, that could have been a career ender had he shows something similar to what he had been doing. Oh, yeah. And that, I think, was the right choice. And it was this could have been a career ender had it not been so damn popular. Yeah, it was. It put him and solidified Kurt Russell as an action star, mm -hmm. um, which we will get many more action movies from him. Um, so I it was so. absolutely... I. I absolutely love this movie. It's a it's a great it's an eighties flick. It's it's cheesy at times. It's really cool. Um, right. Snake Blitzkin is the ultimate badass. Um, yeah. It's fun. It's definitely worth a watch. I would definitely agree with that. If uh, if you're just a passing Kurt Russell fan, watch this movie, and I think you'll change your opinion entirely. You will be a solid Kurt Russell fan. Um, I like anything he does. I actually went back and watched a couple of his movies on the Disney Channel because mm -hmm. I like him so much. And I'm just like, man, he can play such a cute guy, like cute boy next door stuff. Right. And then turn around and play Snake Plissken a few years later. Because it wasn't that many years after the world's strongest man that he played Snake Plissken. Yeah. Um, so that's really freaking cool. And I would love, I would really love to see him do this a third time. I mean, he'd have to probably shape up a bit because I'm sure he's a little little out of shape but you know who doesn't i'm, I'm... <laughs> that's me patting my big fat belly um but yeah dude i think uh i think he was a good solid actor i think it was a good good part for him absolutely good movie all around just end of the world apocalyptic stuff and you have to have the anti-hero because yes. you can't have a guy in a white white cape walking around in a white hat being the good guy no you know, you needed somebody like Snake Plissken. Absolutely.
and he reprises his role again in Escape from L.A., which we are going to talk about now. Yeah, so he reprises his role as Snake in Escape from L.A., which to me turned out to be pretty much the same damn movie. Yeah, it was definitely the same movie. Yeah. That's why I think you need a third one um, to show him grow a little bit. I don't know, maybe get a girlfriend that doesn't die. Yeah. That would be great. That would. And I tell you, this is just my own opinion. My dream thought on this is he somehow gets into another prison. Whatever, you know, he's arrested by maybe another government, not American government, you know, Chinese, whatever. Put him in another, another place, but basically the same idea. And he has to rescue some freedom fighter woman that's been freedom fighting for 30 years and everybody knows who she is and she's been in prison for the last five. And when he finally finds her, it's Goldie Hawn. And she's just in her own little world. She's in her own little Goldie Hawn world. Just she's planting flowers and she's doing shit and she has (laughs) no idea that she's this great everybody's looking for her. She figures she got arrested and thrown away. So she's, everybody's forgot about her. So she's been planting flowers, right? Not even in her head that she think anybody remembers her. And he's looking around like, what the hell are you doing? You're planting flowers. You know what? You were this great freedom fighter. She's like, Oh yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> I got to get you out of here. They're going to kill you. Like, like that. He just instantly, you know, snake Plissken instantly falls in love with her and winds up saving her. Yeah. Like she actually gets away alive with Snake Plissken. And then like maybe at the very end, like you run the credits and you show like a field and Snake Plissken is out planting flowers next to her. At the very end, you just see him planting flowers with her. Like that was it. That was like Snake Plissken no longer exists. <laughs> and I think that'd be a great ending just to show Snake get a, get a happy ending. Yeah, they're they're... I do feel we need to have snake wrapped up somehow. Um, Rambo kind of did it. I don't know if you saw the latest Rambo movie. I haven't seen the latest one, but I've I've heard it's really good. Really damn good. I don't like how it ended. I wanted to see the torch passed. Right. Right. To somebody else because it was a perfect setup, but that would be my other ending for a snake Plissken. If some reason he, doesn't live or you know something happens and he's trying to save some young kid or some guy that looks kind of like him like as he dies like the world will basically any any underground movement would come to a halt if they found out snake plissken dies so in the next scene you see the kid that he was saving come walking out of smoke and he's dressed like snake plissken and he's got the eye patch on and somebody says something to him and he just does the call me snake and then the credits just start rolling. Yeah, snake is more. That's of the one ideal. of two ways you have to end that, as far as I'm concerned, for Snake Plissken. I agree. He's I agree. passed the torch, or he's gone off and become a farmer because <laughs> fuck, nobody appreciates me trying to save the world anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie absolutely had a bigger budget. Um, the earthquake effects were great. Yeah. Um, that opening scene with the earthquake was was really good. So they explained yeah, that, that good. California good got broken off and was its own little spot. And uh, the U.S. had become a theocracy and was mm-hmm. sending all the undesirables there. 
Um, yeah, which leads me to one of my first notes. Hold yes. that thought. Uh, nothing like overlaying your political beliefs on your opponents, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this comes in where, where we've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a message, that's fine. But my God, this was such a heavy handed message. It, it and was. I never bought it. I mean, personally, I never bought Bought, bought that anybody would follow that president number one. Oh well yeah there there would be people but it's not going to be enough to make it i would i would hope not <laughs> stacy keach's character would have killed that fucker oh yeah, yeah. i i have no doubt in my mind i Stacey thought that was keach, coming <laughs> yeah so was i i was like keach is going to take over yeah uh, like the first time i saw la i was like keach is going to kill this guy and just take over yeah. and be a military no, dictatorship they, uh... and you know to a certain extent in the situation you were in you'd have to go, okay, now what does he do after that? Right. You know, but well, yeah, he, Keach would have just killed that son of a bitch. And that, that, you know, that is one of the things we've talked about is putting the um, politicizing something or having a message so heavy. However, even though this does do that, it also made the, the head of LA pretty much Che Guevara. Right. <laughs> And, and he's here supposed was, to be the good guy, I guess. To yeah, some extent. but you and, saw and just how good this. Yeah, which is exactly like, what Che Guevara was, a bastard. You know? Yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, we, we played it heavy here, and then now we're doing it. And it's like, okay, I see yeah, this. That, You're showing. See, I caught that, too. I thought, well, okay, now wait, because when he's standing up in the car, I was yeah. like, that's fucking Che Guevara. Mm -hmm. When he's yeah, doing uh, the 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 the. the dove in the 3d effect and he's like throwing the dove up yeah. to the girl i was like that's Che Guevara all the way this guy and he played the part pretty well i mean he just i mean it's stereotypical but it was it was fun he, he played cuervo jones cuervo jones yeah. <laughs> what a great name as great that's an awesome fucking name i was halfway waiting for them to say well what's your first name jose <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was waiting for oh my god Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's one of the things that i got is like you know the first time i seen this is like man that's a heavy-handed message yeah. but i didn't i paid more attention to it this time and said damn they're showing it going what happens when you take and go both ways yeah. and, and that's that's far far right do you and i've had this exact same yes. conversation i think we did it on the last podcast or, yeah. or we did it off camera i'm not sure <clears throat> but it's far, far right and far, far left. All me. Yep. They're the execs. A boot on your neck is still a fucking boot on your neck. Amen. And that's what this movie basically tells you. And it does that with uh, the poor woman who uh, meets up with Snake, Talisama or whatever, the Muslim yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said, well, I'm free here and then gets shot. And it's like, yeah, there's yeah. a message right there just in her getting shot. It right. may feel free, but she's not. Right, exactly. Because anybody will kill you, especially in that town. Yeah. At that point. That was a, I wouldn't want to live there. No. 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 Not unless you're the boss. No, and everybody was trying to be the boss. And everybody was trying to be, I mean, shit, you'd have to take out uh, Carjack. You'd have to take what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's get, and, let's go ahead and talk and, about Carjack Malone. Real quick, I'm going to go over the names in this one. These are great Shema, names. Pam Greer, Stacy Keach, and a guy that looked like Meatloaf. The one 
Colonel, I don't think it was Meatloaf, but it looked no. like looked like looked like him. Kurt Russell and then Cliff Robertson as the crazy president. Those were like the big big takeaway actors in this for me. Uh Bruce Campbell's in there as well. Bruce Campbell. I thought I wrote his name down, but I guess not. Yeah, the Bruce Surgeon Campbell's General the Surgeon of LA. <laughs> so let's let's start from the beginning of this one. Kurt Russell makes an appearance early in this one. It's not yeah. 17 minutes, it's like five minutes in. And I like all the guys that have weapons aimed at him when the doors open up. I mean, they're already lined up with the weapons aimed. <laughs> yeah. Well, they knew he was going to, and he did. He tried multiple times to kill motherfuckers on his way to LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just figured it worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they hand him a gun loaded with blanks because they knew he was going to shoot. Yeah. I love Stacy Keach. What are you, smart ass? Or what's he call him? You're a genius? Yeah, I don't remember. I forgot what he says to him. He's like, first clips blanks, genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shuts the door on him. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. The girl walking by and giving him a scratch was a good scene. Yeah. I had forgotten that that was all a ruse. Um, right. And he right. has told that. He has told that once he's in there by Car Jack Malone, that yeah. that shit's fake. That plutoxin virus yeah, plutoxin doesn't exist. Yeah, and plutoxin virus really kills people. What? <laughs> and he doesn't catch that. He's like, wait, what? And then he's yeah. rushed out. Like, yeah. <laughs> But Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, uh, oh my God. Map of the Stars, Eddie. <laughs> no, you, you need my map, Snake. You need my map. Snake's going to shoot him. He's like, I told you, you needed my map. Oh, <laughs> man, what a slimy character. Great character. Oh, my God. What I a dirty Eddie. little rat. Yes, very much a little rat. What a dirty little rat he plays. And he plays him so well. Oh, my God, yeah. So well. Ah, he gets, uh, yeah, whenever he first gets there, he meets, uh, not Henry Fonda. Peter um, Fonda. Peter Fonda. Yeah, yeah. Just, as, just as good as the rest of the family. Uh, <laughs> Peter Fonda, playing a surfer. Playing an old surfer. That was surfer. a stretch. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what the surfers were doing there. Was it because they were surfers? I don't know. Because I don't surfers, know. This is. I mean, if anybody could have escaped, it would have been the surfers. <laughs> yeah. This is. This is John Carpenter again having fun, and what what I notice is yeah. he does a lot of interesting gangs. Yeah, yeah, which is what we talk about before. Exactly. He's right. done it in this uh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., Assault on Precinct Thirteen. There's yeah. always some very interesting little sex. Did he do? Uh um warriors he didn't do warriors no, did he He didn't do warriors okay. but i oh, think warriors he has got influenced. some interesting gangs in it oh yes yeah. yeah warriors got some good gangs in it um yeah he always does these themed gangs yes so right? the surfers <laughs> yeah the surfers was a gang get off our beach um, yeah what the hell <laughs> just you get obviously just see me show up in a freaking rocket sled out of the ocean yeah Oh, what ruined this movie for me and almost took me completely out of it was the bad CGI. Yeah. The bad, uh, there was no reason to have it this bad. No, even it when rushed. it felt rushed. Even when this movie came out, this was the biggest complaint was the bad CGI. Mm -hmm. We'd already had good CGI up until now. Right. Um, right. So it I would was have bad. rather seen them use miniatures. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and they could have done a really good job with miniatures. The bad CGI just felt really rushed and lazy. Mm -hmm. 
uh, which something that could have been a good scene was a bad scene. And then they show the big great white trying to get him like, and then it's Universal Studios. I'm like, that could have been very funny. Yeah. But the CGI was just so bad. It would just tick me out of the joke. Yeah. And the, I, seen uh, the, I saw the joke and it doesn't have to be explained to me the joke, but it's just like, ah, oh, it's your CGI. Oh, yeah, it was, it was me. bad. You're hurting. Because they did such a good job with the earthquake. Oh yeah, the earthquake was great. But that was a lot of miniatures. They had some CGI in there, but I think they had miniatures too. So I think they mixed it. They didn't mix this stuff. This just no, the, really, the really surfing rough. scene is probably the worst. Um, <sighs> we'll but it's that. that's that hurt me right here, man. That surfing scene. But it's a fun was, scene. It was I a fun scene, scene, and it could have been better. It yeah. should have been better. It should have been better. Should have been a lot better. It absolutely um, should have been better. And that's that's one of those things that it was a fun moment, but the special effects take you out of the moment. Yeah. For me. Um, what's that? Da, 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 da. Oh, the first guy playing basketball. How far are we? We want to go in order, right? We want to, it doesn't matter. In order. Yeah, my brain um, doesn't go in order. Hell. I like, <laughs> this is true. I like whenever he first gets there and he's asking people how to find Quervo Jones. Right. And he's, he's using the tracker to find the special ops guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're using him for target practice. And he's just like the guy asks, says, hands him the knife and says, "You want to, you want to throw it?" And he just walks away from the guy, and the guy starts giving him lip. Right. So he comes up to the hooker in the alley, and the hooker in the alley points down the, you know, which direction to go to Cuervo. But she knows there's going to be trouble, so she takes off. The hoods walk out into the alley with him. Uh, that's a great one of scene. my favorite scenes in this entire movie. They're all walking after him, and they're like, "Hey, one-eyed! Hey, you little prick! Hey, you!" And they're just calling him names. And then they all start whipping out weapons, and he just turns around with his gun and shoots him and keeps walking. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even break a stride, man. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that's why he stayed bliskin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a great part. Um, absolutely uh yeah the basketball of death game wow wow <laughs> my my problem with you know it's not even that it was a basketball of death and they made it an impossible number to win right it was how they executed the guy yeah they were all standing, they were literally standing in what they call a, a, a Mexican standoff. Everybody's in a circle, everybody's shot guns each other. pointed all at each other. And then when the guy misses, they all shoot. Not they every one of those guys that was around him shooting would have been killed in the crossfire. Yeah. Not one guy fell, except the guy that they were shooting at. And I'm like, there's no way you guys are all that good a shot. There's no, no. way you guys are shooting from the hip. Yeah. And following this body all the way down and not missing and not hitting anybody across the field and everybody else in the field at the same right. time. Right. Nobody else got killed. They're like, okay, this is why children shouldn't play with guns. This right here is <laughs> you guys would have actually in real life killed 90% of the people in that stadium. <laughs> right. <laughs> there would have been one guy left standing, he would have had a bullet in his arm. <laughs> Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah, that that was to me, I didn't even catch that, but you're right when you mention it. But it's like, who knew Snake could play ball? 
Yeah. Who says white men can't jump? Yeah. Yeah. That was I mean, hell in a different universe. He could have been a good basketball player. Let's, it was just, I get the whole Coliseum uh, right. allegory going on there, but right. basketball. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like in the first one in, in a, uh, escape from new york yeah. he's in the wrestling ring with the big wrestler and the yeah the so, they, I mean, they kind of that again, so they did so. the same sort of thing like yeah. you said this is the same movie oh it in is a different city which is fine i you know because i enjoyed the the action and some of the dumb things that happened but i think if if it were up to me to do a third movie or if i was to sit down with these guys and go this is this is how i think you should play it to grow him and let it just give him a good send-off it's one of those two endings that we talked about earlier about, mm -hmm. you know, him either becoming a farmer or handing off the mantle of, of the snake to somebody else. And he could do both, actually. He could yeah. hand off the mantle and then go become the farmer. So you still have a snake Pliskin that everybody's attention has gone to. And the real snake Pliskin can just walk away. And then what would be really funny is if you find out when he takes his eye patch off, he's still got his eye. And somebody looks at him like, what? Why do you have the eye patch? Because it makes me look tough. <laughs> Lots of weight. <laughs> oh, something yeah. stupid. That would be hysterical. And that would be very in keeping with not only the character, but what they've done so far. You know what I mean? I think it'd yeah. be kind of funny. But yeah, the... Uh, the arena, I get it. I, I get the, the thought process right. behind it. And I really like how everybody starts chanting snake, snake, snake when he makes the final mm -hmm. dunk, which was that, I couldn't tell, was that CGI? Or did he just throw that ball a thousand times until he made one and they I got I think there's a shot? cut in there. I think there's a cut in there. Yeah, um, there's got to be. Because yeah. that just looked too clean. You know how many but times like, they'd have to do a full really court toss? Good of a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he would have had to do that a thousand times. So I think there's a cut and it just, it was a very fast cut on the camera yeah. and it and it works yes it worked really well but uh yeah and then the, <laughs> busama looks over at cuervo town loves a winner <laughs> <laughs> yeah bushimi was great in that uh definitely uh he's probably one of my favorite characters in there oh he he's probably one of my favorite guys in hollywood yeah for for numerous reasons but when 9 11 happened he went back to his old fire station right. that he worked at and put on the uniform and went in with no with no regard to his own safety and he went there to help and he didn't tell anyone he didn't make a big deal of it he didn't mm -hmm. call up his fucking publicist and say make sure this is in the paper he just right. went and did it people started finding out about it later like after he had i think he was just about ready to leave when people started finding out that he was there yeah and he had, I think at some point, he had, I'm guessing he had to leave because it was like, okay, now you're just coming here to see me and that's not what this is about. Or maybe he stayed there the whole time. I don't, I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. But uh, for him to do that with, with his old crew, I mean, that's, yeah, that's some fucking heart, man. That, that's a guy that I would love to just sit back and talk to, you know, because he is not going to be your typical Hollywood cat. Mm-hmm. You know, Kurt Russell's the same way. I like yeah. Kurt Russell a lot too. Kind of guy that you just sit there and have a beer with and go, okay, now tell me about your dad and his baseball team. Yeah. 
Did you ever see that? The Battered Bastards of Baseball? Mm-mm. It was a Netflix. If you get a chance to watch it, it's a Netflix uh, documentary. I don't know if it's still on, but it was. It's the Battered Bastards of Baseball. His father was an actor also and bought uh, a minor league team. Huh. And they wound up being one of the best teams in the league. And all the professional teams that had all their minor league teams started loading up their game, their teams with uh, professionals to beat these guys at, at the you. World Series. It's dirty, nasty, and this is why I don't like American fucking sports. Yeah. And it's all in that oh, documentary. <laughs> that definitely sounds Because they were always dirty bastards. Oh, man. yeah. It's always some dirty <laughs> but, fucker. But it is such a good, good documentary about the baseball team. And it just follows the team. Kurt Russell's interviewed a couple of times, but it really follows the team and what they did and everything. And that's like, you see that and you're like, Kurt, that you came from good stock. Yeah. And that's why I think he's so believable in any role you ever see him in, like from the Disney stuff to, mm-hmm. to the Snake Plissken stuff to the, uh, what was that movie of Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk. Bone, Bone Tomahawk. I want to watch that. That's good. That's in my queue now. I'm going to watch that. It's just, anything you see him in he's he's got a bit of reality there yeah well, yeah he's like he's that. he's good he's just damn good um it's like busama when he was in uh that series the gangster series uh yeah i haven't watched it i've heard it's written boardwalk empire uh, boardwalk empire yeah i have not seen the whole thing but everything that i've seen him in mm-hmm. in that where he's like the crime boss he's just a believable crime boss oh, he's, yeah. he's a likable if you were just joe blow on the street he's a likable guy if you were another mobster going against him, you were out of your depth <laughs> for the yeah. most part. <laughs> but he's a good character. I like uh, I like Basami. He, he plays yeah. a good character all the time. Okay, back to the movie. Sorry, took a no, took no, a no problem. Uh, <laughs> Pam Greer. Oh, great to see Pam, but to find out she's a transsexual. Um, Carjack Malone. <laughs> I want to know whether that was her voice modulated. I think so. Or whether that was a guy. I'm guessing her voice was modulated. I, it sounded like it might have been her voice modulated, or right. like you said, another another actor. But um, I like when uh, Snake grabs between the legs. Yeah. You've always kept a little gun between your legs. Or <laughs> yeah, I always like to see that you have a little gun here. And <laughs> it's just so funny because Pam Greer's face is just like. Huh? <laughs> So it makes me wonder, did he really grab Pam Greer's thigh or not? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, here was another character who left Snake stranded. Yes, to die. But from Carjack's point of view, for good reason. Well, she had a better deal. <laughs> well, not just a better deal, but, you know, Snake left her there too, or him at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. When, when... But if you're going to have a, a change, look like Pam Greer. There you go. <laughs> there you go i didn't see that coming i forgot she was in it and yeah i didn't realize I she was too, until she showed up i was like oh yes these I are forgot. great names I, I just love it carjack malone it's just just a great freaking name i'm not carjack anymore sweetie <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get on the hand gliders and hand glide down to disney world to disneyland from... That reminded me, there was another Disneyland type park across the street that I forgot what what uh, president came up with the idea, 
to have a Disney world with no Disney characters in it. It was just as successful as you'd think it would be. Oh. Um, but I think Iger came in and took over and was like, uh, no, we got to, you can't have this park losing money. It's Disney park. It's obviously a Disney park. We got to do some Disney type stuff in it. So they yeah. went in and, and that, if you have Disney channel um, or Disney, whatever it's called, yeah. Disney plus, there's something in there about the uh, dream, dream, dreamworks, dream, dream team, something dream. I don't know. But they talk about that park in there. They, oh, okay. they talk about the park and how it was just losing money. And initially the guy thought it was going to be this great moneymaker. Everybody's looking around like, where the fuck are the rides, man? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in this park. But I think that is supposed to be that park. I think okay. Disney World fell off the... <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it looks it just... like the ocean is like right across from the street where Disney World would be at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made it feel like it was like Disney or something. It's like, what? Yeah. Kingdom under that, the sea? Which I was like, what the fuck? Is, what is that supposed to be Disney World? And Kat reminded well, me there's a place across the street from it. So I was like, oh shit, that's probably supposed to be that. There was some comment made, and I don't, re I didn't write down the exact quote, but it was, yeah, they lost their ass after Paris. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's Disney World. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did lose their ass after Paris. Yeah. They, they came back, but boy, that hurt them. Regions <laughs> <laughs> are like, we did not do the little mouse thing or your silly American. <laughs> Give us the goofy dog. We like the goofy dog. <laughs> he reminds us of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Stupid American. <laughs> that was my bad French accent. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the, the president. God, what a jerk. He's going to wow. kill his can, own can daughter. Can you blame his daughter? I mean, seriously, I don't blame his blame daughter his at all. Daughter, one bit for, for doing what she did. The, the problem is, she thought that Jose Cuervo. She was used. Oh yeah, Cuervo she Jones used. was a better option. Yeah, thought he was. Turns a good out guy. he was the exact same option, only for from a different angle. The bad guys or the other yeah. team, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So yeah, so he was she just as a, bad. A harsh life lesson, we'll call it. Yeah. So he was going to electrocute her ass on TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let the world watch. Wow. That brings me to one of his quotes that I just, I, I laughed so hard at. He, he was free. The president was freaking out. He's like, I got to go to my quarters. I got to pray. <laughs> yeah. That's going to cure everything. Yeah. Not, not a little bit of action. You know, God wants you to do some action forward. No, no. I'm going to go pray. <laughs> when you pray, you have to actually, actually put action and work into it. All right. <laughs> Not just get down and run. <laughs> oh, uh, so at You're the end of this, desk, thank Mr. President, yeah. get out from underneath your desk. <laughs> Pretty much. See that right there? I think Stacy Keach would have just killed his char that character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was surprised that he fired on Snake. I, you know. So was I. Like I really thought he was just going to let him do his thing. Yep. But do you? Um, that brings us to the swap again, just as the same as in uh, New York. Uh, yeah, the, the little disc, right? Do you think that worked out the way Snake had planned? I think so. I think so, we planned it that way. Yeah. Because he gave the girl the dupe. Right. And either way, he still had the original on him. Right. And they couldn't get to him because he was a 3D well, that's true. hologram. So that's if true. they caught the girl and grabbed that disc, no big deal. 
if they didn't, Snake could still play the game and show them yeah. exactly what he was doing. Yeah, that was it was such a ruse that was uh planned so many steps ahead. It yeah, was, yeah, exactly. That was like slick. he probably figured him being ex-military, he knows how they're spread out. He knows that no matter what, you know, unless he takes that helicopter past a certain point, there's military people there. So when yeah. he pushes her out, chances are if she doesn't die, they're gonna find her. And if she does die and they find the dead body, they still find the the, the unit. Yeah. The launch code unit or whatever it was supposed to be. But Which I, was I great. They got Map of the Stars that. Eddie. Map of the Stars Eddie. I just love the reaction on everybody's face. Yeah. Um, again, if you have the third movie, you could always bring that girl back into the third movie yeah. and her, have her at one point save Snake Plissken. I mean, you can literally have Snake Plissken ready to be killed and have her just come in and she's like, yeah, I owe you one. And he's like, who the hell are you? Like, he doesn't even recognize her because right. he's, he's so used to saving people. <laughs> it's like, who the hell are you? It's like the one person that didn't double cross him. Yeah. Would be funny. Yeah. And that, that was, um, I, I hate that so many people like Pam Greer and the rest of the people who jumped on the helicopter died. Yeah. It's like, what, a, what an easy way to get rid of uh, tying up a story that you don't have to explain what happens to him. Just <laughs> fireball him, man. There we go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You're right. That's how you do it. But but it would be, it'd be really funny at the end of a third movie is if like Kurt Russell's lived, he's passed on the mantle, he's getting ready to go do this farming thing. The president's daughter from the second one is still alive and, you know, she's a freedom fighter too. And at the end, he just kind of looks around and goes, something's wrong here. And the wife looks at him, what? He's like, Nobody died. <laughs> like, like everybody's all alive. <laughs> uh, we're all still alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you got any more notes on LA? Uh, you know what? Not too much, other than uh, when Snake jumps on the back of uh, Cuervo Jones's car. Yeah. Why didn't he just shoot him? I know. And he knocks him down at one point and he has him down on the ground and he walks over and takes the transmitter. Why didn't he just shoot him? Yeah. See, that's that's my problem with writing an action star like that is it never, they never do what you think they should do. There's only one movie that I ever saw that I would say did the thing that you thought the action star should do. In Schwarzenegger movie, The Commando, he does exactly what you as the watcher want to see him do he he kills the guy at the time that a guy needs to be killed right um whereas in most movies he'd be like uh i'll kill you later because he tells the one character in that movie uh, you're gonna i'm gonna kill you last and at some point he's killed a couple of guys and he's got that same guy hanging over a cliff and the guy's like i thought you said you'd kill me last he's like i lied and he just drops him (laughs) off the cliff you're like, yes, that's how you do it. You know, you don't throw that guy to the ground so he can chase no. you for the next six weeks. <laughs> no, and that's that's one of the my biggest complaints of almost every action movie or TV show. They can end it right away and the problem is solved. Right. Uh, I always equate it to take a lesson from Tony Soprano. They handled their business. Take Put your- the plastic down and clean up your mess. That's right. That's right. Or, or uh, Michael Corleone. Yes. All the fam- Corleone family business is taken care of today. Yes. You're not waiting until next week, not next month. We kill everybody tonight. Yep. 
Is the spaghetti ready? <laughs> they didn't have those problems. No. Um, but yeah, it, it was always very strange that he let Cuervo live. It's like, this is the guy that you know you have to kill. And you had, you, you're smart enough to know that if you don't kill this guy, everything that happens in the rest of the movie is what's going to happen in the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they had to have yeah. the movie happen. Um, but there's I just a way wish... around that. There was a way around that. They could have made another character and had Cuervo be his second. Yeah. And have the main that bad guy get killed and Cuervo starts chasing him after, you know, because he knows of what what the clicker is. Yeah, that I always hate that, that when I see that in a movie or a TV show when it could be solved just like that mm -hmm. and somebody hesitates and doesn't do what needs to be done. And it's like, you know, this could have been solved. Ben Kenobi. <laughs> Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. There's your Star Wars reference <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Kenobi should have just went down that hill, chopped off Darth Vader's head, and walked away. You wouldn't have had the rest of those problems. Because actually, I think the Emperor would have been easierly, easier dealt with at that point. Yeah. But that's a whole nother story. No, so Literally, that's a whole like nother story. <laughs> That's a whole other group of movies. <laughs> yeah. All it's right. The same kind of thing. Bad guys left alive to fuck with you later on. Yep. That's like a guy breaking into your house, trying to kill your family, and you have a gun on him, and you let him go, so he can come back and do it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah. No, not you shoot that happen. guy. I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just saying. Absolutely. That may seem a little radical, but <laughs> uh. there's, there's people out there right now just, I'm going to tell him a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so your recommendation? Oh, yeah. I recommend both these movies, man. Absolutely. Escape from New York is still my favorite. Escape from L.A., uh, like you said, the gliding scene coming down oh, they're, they're just shooting above. they are literally sitting sitting ducks and those yeah. things but it was cool but it was a nice effect to have them come out of the sky and they're like banking and just yes. with the machine guns mounted on their uh i don't know their steering mechanism yeah that was pretty cool it was, <laughs> it a, was well it was done nice effect it was well done even with the bad cgi shark and surfing scene um <laughs> i i love this movie i like it better than the first one um Where i just the truck how did the truck that was parked behind him that got hit by that wave not kill both of those guys? Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And why would you have a working vehicle down there when you're on L.A.? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, you got to surf the L.A. River. I guess. I mean, <laughs> oh, everything yeah, happens it, there. Even with all the really bad CGI and the holes in the story, the plots uh it was good it it's good action it's good anti-hero stuff i thoroughly enjoy it man i really do i really do i both did too movies i'm Very good, good. I, i'm good with both of them man all right and with so that that's said good. what's our uh our next two our next two movies okay um let me just uh tie it up here um thanks again for tuning in to old ass movie reviews uh Hope you enjoy Escape from New York and L.A. as much as Dave and I did. Uh, next week, we return to Patrick Swayze with Steel Dawn. And then we're going to follow up with Red Dawn. Not a sequel. 
just saying not a should have been should have been could have been yeah it might have helped it uh we'll see you next week thanks again bye folks